All right, Revelation chapter number 10. Revelation chapter number 10. We've been doing this study on the end, and we've got a bunch of other things to keep covering, amen, about the end. And uh, we're going to take your temperature today to see how you feel about some future events that's going to happen. Amen. You say, you going to take my temperature? Sure, amen. See if you got a pulse. <laughs> the average Baptist church doesn't have a pulse. Like, I guess uh, Jim Chandler was preaching down at Brother Drummond's, and he made a comment that uh, a fellow had a heart attack in a church. And uh, when the paramedics came, they, they wound up taking eight people out of the church before they found a guy that actually had the heart attack. Amen. The church was so dead, they, they couldn't find the right guy. Amen. Amen. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a good one. A church that's got heart with no pulse. Amen. Revelation chapter number 10, uh, verse 6. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. One day time's going to end, amen. We're in a dispensation of uh, time, amen. You ain't heard that one yet, have you? Amen. All dispensations are in a period of time, but we're talking about eternity past. We're talking about eternity future. And uh, Bill Grady made a comment like this about uh, time in a reference to eternity. You figure that wall's eternity, and this wall over there is eternity, and then you look at your life, your little 70 year life like that, in eternity. That's, that's a pretty big thing when you think time's just a slice. Well, you think about, you know, your 70 years, whatever, how many years you're living, you think about 70 years that you're going to live. It's not very long. It's not very, not very much when you consider eternity. Amen. Uh, I was talking to Brother Doug Parks the other night, and as I was talking with him, he said a fella came by him. He was working at a foundry, and uh, he was a lost man working there, and he said they're pouring that molten steel. And he said a fella came up to him and said, Now just imagine, Doug, you living in that thing forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. When he watched that steel being poured out, that is like molten lava coming out of there. He said, if you die without Jesus Christ, you're going to burn in that just like that forever. He said, you know how long eternity is, Doug? He said, no. He said, you see that pile of sand? Because he used to use sand over there. He said, you see that pile of sand? He said, just imagine a sparrow grabbing one grain of that sand and flying to the moon and back. And then grab a grain of sand and fly to the moon and back. And keep doing that till all the sand on the earth is gone to the moon. He said, and your eternity at that point has just begun. You talk about time. You talk about your little 70 years. You talk about a little sliver of time, man. I'm, it's just as though a little grain of sand on the beach. That's something to think about. But then when you think about 6,000 years of man's history, 7,000 years concluding the millennium, it's still, what, just a drop in a bucket, just a grain of sand. 7,000 years ain't much, but it seems like a long time, doesn't it, compared to us? I mean, I've been here 53 years, going to be 54. Uh, I've had a pretty good life. I've had a little bit of pain, but there are some people, there are a few years they've had here on earth, it's been nothing but pain and in a prison and torment. And their little 5, 10, 15 years they're here laying in a hospital bed, 
being stuck with needles and everything else, it seems like probably an eternity to them. But you know what? Eternity in hell without the Lord Jesus Christ burning and weeping and wailing and gnashing your teeth? Unbelievable. Jimmy Hood changes Amazing Grace to song. Over there said, When we've been there 10,000 years. Amen, right? It'll seem like we've just begun. We have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. 10,000 years in heaven ain't going to be nothing. And Jimmy Hood changed that to when we've been there forevermore. You can put it whatever you want. We've been there 10 billion years. It'll just seem like we just got there. And it'll just seem like there's no end. It'll be joy, never ending, never stopping. never. Ne- See, everything that we have down here stops. Everything down here. Laughter, relationships, fun, work, storms. Everything down here comes to an end. In eternity, it don't come to an end. Amen? The smoke of their torment, according to Revelation 14, what? Ascendeth up for how long? Forever and ever. Man, no end. No end. Why? Because time's going to be over one of these days. Hey, man, that's going to be a bad day. Revelation 19. Revelation 19. Some things that's going to have an end. Time will have an end. Hey, man. Revelation 19. It says, and after these things, I heard a great voice of what? Much people in heaven. Can you imagine that? How many people is going to be in heaven? It's a, it's a voice of much people. So assume that there's much people making a noise. Right? Whatever the sound is, it sounds like a whole lot of people cheering and shouting and praising. Amen. That would be great. I, I had a knucklehead log on to my website the other day and uh, he said only Elijah, Enoch and Moses is in heaven yeah that's what he said he believes he, he logged on to the thing of soul sleep that I, that I did a message on soul sleep he thinks everybody's in the grave sleeping until one day but only three made it to heaven so far he's a knucklehead hey man he, he, yeah he's asleep at the wheel there ain't no doubt about it he better give the keys to somebody else because he's going to crash hey man I mean you when you, when you sit back and you plainly show somebody 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 over there, them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him, right? When he comes at, you know, the, the rapture, right? Amen. Their souls come back and inhabit their dead bodies and they rise. Where are the souls that leave right now? I would not have you ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died buried rose again even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Pretty simple isn't it? But they just don't want to believe the Bible. They get a little verse and they, they, they become like uh, concrete you know they're stuck. Amen. And they ain't moving. But that's all right. That's what the, we're doing these videos for. That's why we did them TV shows to try to help explain things to people. Amen. It's for example, like the other day, a guy logged on to our Jehovah Witness video. Uh, it's up over eleven thousand hits. Do you hear that? Our Jehovah Witness videos over eleven thousand hits. And uh, they make comments about the pens in my pocket, and my tie, and all kinds of other things. But they can't dispute the evidence that we present when we take their Bible and show them, according to doctrine, that they're wrong. 
They can't criticize, all they'll criticize me, they'll criticize how I talk, they'll criticize what I wear, they'll criticize, but they cannot go and disprove what I'm showing. They sit back and say, this guy don't know what he's talking about. I was a Jehovah's Witness for years and he's an idiot. Okay, you can say all that, but you ain't disproved the facts that I put present before you. Right. You understand? It's real easy to sit back and run their mouth. And anybody that's going to want to turn around and criticize what's there, they can call it a lie. Right? Anybody can say it's a lie. Yeah, sure. But according to the doctrine, according to what the Holy Spirit of God teaches this book to say, they can't disprove it. Amen? Well, I ain't getting no amens. Amen. All right. Verse 1. After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Right? You want to say it like a Mexican? Jalapeno! <laughs> That's the way Terrell Bear, that's the way Terrell, uh, Terrell Bear said it all the time. So when I text things out to Brother Parks and stuff and I like it, I just go, Jalapeno! Amen! Amen! Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God! Amen! For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore. Amen. Which did corrupt the earth with her fornication. Oh, my soul. She's a whore. She's fornicating. Amen. And hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Amen. Amen. And again, they said, Hallelujah. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what God said? The great whore is coming to an end. Amen. She's got an end. She's going to be judged. Her smoke's going to ascend up forever and ever and ever. Why? Because of her fornication and the sins that she's committed as she butchered and killed millions and millions and millions of souls. Amen. God's judged her. Let's go back and look at something. Revelation 18. Well, verse 8. Yeah, 18, 18. And when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they did cast up the dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made all... Uh, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour she's made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou what? Heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets. For God hath avenged you on her. Praise God, man. Amen. Heaven. He said, Heaven, you better shout. I've judged her. I got even with her. You better rejoice. Amen. You ought to shout when God's enemies get wiped out. <laughs> we ought to be, listen, God wants us to have zeal. God wants us to be excited. Listen, I know they need to get saved. I know people's in an institution that's going to die and go to hell. Islam's damning souls. Catholicism's damning souls. Hinduism's damning souls. Buddhism's damning souls. Mormonism's damning souls. Amen. Baptist theology's damning souls. If they put their trust in the theology versus the Christ Amen. of the Bible. Amen. Listen, I know people that are joining up to churches. I hate apostasy. I hate false ways. I hate false doctrine. I hate the things that the charismatic churches are doing. I hate the false Bibles. Listen, I hate every false way. You ought to have just as much hatred for the things of the devil as you do have for the love of God. You know what, this, you know what the number one complaint of our Baptist churches are? We're dead. 
Amen. There's no joy. There's no zeal. And nothing moves them. Football games move them. Making a paycheck moves them. Shiny wheels move them. Fast cars move them. Hot women move them. Amen. But the things of God don't move them. Somehow we believe that we ought to sit in church. Right? Can't move them. Can't get a grunt out of them. The average guy, he's afraid his wife's going to help him. Embarrass me in the church. Everybody's looking at me when you made an idiot of yourself. Hello? Yeah, man. But the charismatics, you know what they did? They threw it all to the wind. Amen? They turn around and they'll shout it out. They're excited Jesus rose from the dead. They're excited that there's a spiritual warfare and they can beat the devil. Amen? They're excited that Jesus is coming back one day. They're excited about taking the gospel of somebody else out there. But they're filed up on Bibles. They're filed up on the Holy Ghost. They're filed up on eternal security. They don't know how to rightly divide their Bible. But they do have some things right. And a bunch of Baptists are afraid to shout over what's right because they're worried that somebody's going to think they're a Pentecostal. Oh, my God. And we won't go out door to door because we're afraid somebody will think we're a Mormon or Jehovah Witness. Yeah. 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 Look at what he says. Rejoice over. Verse 20. Thou heaven and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a uh, great millstone and cast into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down. Amen. And shall be found no more at all. And the voice of the harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman whatsoever craft uh, he be uh, shall be no uh, be found uh, any more in thee. And the sound of the millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and, the, and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. Uh, for thy merchants were all great men of the earth, for by their sorceries and all nations were deceived. And in her is found the blood of prophets and of saints, and all that were slain upon the earth. That's something about, ain't it? Now, there's there's a knucklehead out there that believes that's Jerusalem. Because he says that's where all the blood was shed of the apostles and Jesus and everybody was right there in Jerusalem. So he's trying to say this Babylon is Jerusalem. Chapter 17. And there came one of the seven angels which had seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show thee the judgment of who? The great whore that sitteth upon what? Waters. Where's the waters? What water is she sitting on? Yeah, but what waters? Verse 15. He saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are what? Peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. This woman controls nations. You see that? She sits on them. Amen? You understand what we're saying? The Bible's trying to explain itself to you. This woman has great authority and power over nations, over multitudes, over tongues. Who is this woman? Look at what it says. Verse 2, With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and inhabitants of the earth have been made drunken or made drunk with the wine of her fornication 
So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw the woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a gold cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. You know anybody's got an emblem of a gold cup? The Catholic Church does that, right? Should be. Yeah, I dropped it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hello. This Roman Catholic Church is wicked. It's vile. Amen. You lost me. I lost my microphone, so then I lost my place. So he carried me in the spirit. Scarlet-covered beast. Verse 4, And a woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet. That's, that's her colors. You ever see her? Yeah. You ought to watch the video called Peter Rome. It's all promoted about the Pope and everything. You want to see the colors. You want to see the gold cup. You want to see the pearls and all that other. It's right there. Yeah. Right? What do you think's hanging around their neck? Pearls. Right? Little beads. Right? They count their beads. They say their prayers. They got a giant cold cup. And when you watch that video about them electing a pope, amen, they got this big old giant gold chalice. And they got that thing in there and they got a lid on it. And all these cardinals come up all decked out in red and purple. And they're coming up and they're putting their vote in that giant chalice. And the pope, when he holds mass, he does all that. He's got a giant gold cup he holds up in front of everybody. And then he says he's drinking blood, which the Bible tells you is plainly forbidden to drink. But he takes supposedly... Hooch, <laughs> liquor, fermented booze, amen, pours it in a cup, and then he says, little hocus pocus, now lose your focus, amen, and he drinks that thing, and guess what? He says he's drinking the literal blood of Jesus. He said the literal blood of Jesus turns in that cup. I seen a priest one day taking this thing, and he's going back and forth, and all of a sudden, that thing changes, and it's transformation right there before everybody's eyes. And he said he turned that into the literal blood of Jesus. And they say a prayer, and they take that host, that wafer, and they put it up in that monstrance. They worship the sun god, not the son of God, but the sun god. And they turn around, and they say that Jesus enters into that piece of bread, and then they bring people by to eat the host. And they say they're eating the literal flesh of Jesus Christ. This is the church that God's talking about. This is a city that he's talking about. Let's look at what it says. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, the abominations of the earth. This woman's got people intoxicated. They got her drunk. She commits fornication. I like what Phil Kidd said. Phil Kidd said something that's very bold, very plain, very true. What do you call a man that peddles a whore? He's a pimp. See, they got the holy pimp over there. He peddles the whore. He's not a pope. He's a pimp. And he pushes her. And he's peddling her. And when he came to America, he's pushing his whore off on us. Who runs the Roman Catholic Church? The Pope, but also the secret society of Jesus. She rides a beast. That beast has got men controlling it. Those men that are in that thing work and run through the Jesuit army and the schools. Amen. And they run and they control. And when they're done with this woman and they get what they want, and they get in position, they've used this woman to turn around and make drunk the people of this earth to follow her. They're going to burn her. Who? This city. Watch what it says. 
Verse 6, And I saw who? The woman drunken with what? The blood of the saints. Is that is that Jerusalem? No. This is why John marvels. Look what it says. With the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, when I saw her, I wondered with great admonition. Here's a woman professing to walk in Jesus' name, professing to serve Jesus Christ, and she's killing Christians. And John sits back and goes, wow, you got to be kidding me. Here's somebody coming in Jesus' name, killing God's people. The martyrs of who? Jesus. You understand? This ain't Jerusalem. This is, this is a city, amen, that has taken on the identity of Christ, Jesus, and their followers, and they're malicious, and they're killing people, amen, thinking they're doing God's service. She's taken the identity of Babylon. Babylon was, where was Babylon in the beginning? Babylon in the beginning was between Tigris and Euphrates rivers over there in Iraq, right? Right? And had a king over her named who? Nimrod. Right? And he had a kingdom. And somehow that physical uh, pagan religion, amen, Rome has adopted, as well as adopted the Old Testament priesthood and the Judeo uh, principles back over there and adopted them and become a corrupt church state you understand she brought in all this paganism she's using it she brought in all that old testament stuff she's using it and then she incorporated mary and jesus which is semiramis and and nimrod right semiramis was uh nimrod's wife nimrod had a wife named semiramis he died they had a child named tammuz tammuz wound up being the husband as well as the son to semiramis who now is incorporated as Isis and Mary and Diana and so on. Fatima, Lady Fatima. Well, you want to know where all that goes? It goes right in through the Roman Catholic Church, which brings it all right back down to where it began. Yeah, the city of Babylon, right? There's a physical city, Babylon. There's an economic Babylon, and there's a religious Babylon. And we're reading about the religious Babylon right now. Amen. She's a great whore. She's being peddled. She's being pushed. And if you sit back and you do any research on the internet, there's a bunch of men that can take you and show you. Like Jack Chick and other men like that can show you that great whore and all the kings of the earth coming and worshiping at her footstool. Emperor, amen, president, king, nation after nation after nation all walking through and coming up to the pope. Amen. Tex Mars has got a video out there called, uh, Is the Pope Catholic? My, my, my. When you get done watching that video, <laughs> amen, that's a pretty amazing thing. That was, that was a good video texted. He, he's airs on other things, but on that one, he was good. Amen. And I'm telling you, uh, you get done watching that thing, she, she's got all the world's religions. I watched a video the other day. I can't find it again. I wish I could. All these world religions were gathered together to create like a united religion. Amen. And they're all signing this thing. And they got ahead of all these different religions. And guess who's heading that whole thing up? The Pope. I watched when the Pope came over here one time. They had the uh, Archbishop or whatever that is of America standing there, and he's introducing all these religious heads. And the Pope's sitting there. 
And they had all these people coming up one by one and coming up to meet the Pope, and he'd call their name off one after another. And all these representations of all these different religions and all these different denominations were all coming up and being brought and led right before the Pope. And they, they, all these people were working in cooperation with them. And they even had a Southern Baptist representative come up. You've got to be kidding me, man. That just shows you how corrupt it all is. Oh, yes. You understand? All these people are going through and Rome is conducting all this stuff and all these men are going up through Rome. I like what Doc Ruckman says. He says all Catholics are Roman Catholics. They don't want you to know they're identified with Rome. They just want to say they're Catholics and now they're saying they're Christians. Years ago, you'd witness a Catholic. He'd turn around and say, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Catholic. But since Vatican II, they want to turn around, amen, and tell you as soon as they, uh, anybody sees you, oh, yeah, we're all Christians. They're bringing us all under the umbrella of as a Christian. I'm not one of them, not part of them. Amen. Billy Graham helped do all he could to bring them guys together. Yeah. It's ecumenical. It's under one city. Verse 7, an angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carried her which had seven heads and ten horns, a beast which thou sawest, was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in a book of life from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast, amen, that was, and is not, and yet is. Here is a mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mounds on which the woman sitteth. You know what seven mounds she sits on? They said there's only one city in the world that has seven hills, but I found out there's several of them. Right? There's two cities this woman's associated with that has seven hills. One's Rome. The other one's Constantinople, where the Greek Orthodox Church sits. The church split years ago, and you got a western branch and an eastern branch, and guess what? The heads of both places sit on seven hills. Guess where that... One in Constantinople's at. It's in Turkey. <laughs> it's almost due north of Jerusalem. Pardon? Istanbul? It's a pretty amazing, isn't it? And uh, and they're, they're really, not only do they got the Greek Orthodox over there, but they got a big old giant Muslim head over there. Amen. And uh, they're trying to incorporate this thing. And, and Rick Warren's trying to help really produce this thing called Chrislam, where you're bringing Christianity, so to speak, and Islam together, and Judaism, Jude, Judaism. Amen. Trying to make a one world religion, which excludes Christians. As long as you renounce your faith and renounce Jesus Christ and take the mark and all that other stuff that's coming up, amen, they'll, they'll, they'll include you. They say they're all inclusive, but they're not really. They're, they're, they're exclusive when it comes to Jesus Christ and righteousness and His Bible and His Word. As long as you'll submit to what they want. Right. See, the whole world wants everybody to get along as long as we kick Jesus out. I say kick them out, amen. Amen. The seven heads which are seven mounts on which a woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, and five are fallen. One is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have uh, received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings, one hour with the beast. Amen. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength to the beast. And they shall make war with who? 
the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues, and the ten horns. The ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast are these... Thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate, naked, and shall eat her flesh. Now think about that. What are they going to do to her? What did it just say? What are they going to do to her? Eat her. Eat her what? What do they say they do? They say they eat his flesh. Boy, you talk about a turn in events. <laughs> You don't tell me there's no irony in that thing, what God's fixing to do to them. said, you said you've been eating me forever. Well, guess what? I'm going to have them eat you. Boy, boy, boy. You talk, man, I, mm, I'm telling you, he that sitteth in the heaven shall what? Laugh. Laugh. Amen. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, to agree and to give their strength unto the beast until the words of God be fulfilled. And a woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. You tell me when Jerusalem ever reigned over the kings of the earth. The only one time I can ever think of is under Solomon. But did he really reign over the kings of the earth or did he just have a big kingdom? So how in the world could that be Jerusalem? But I know one city that reigns over the kings of the earth and has multiple times and is going to do it again. And it's not New York City. <laughs> New York City's not Babylon. Right? America's not Babylon. Amen? Amen. Just because Long Island has a small little uh, place over there called Babylon on Long Island where the UN's at does not mean America's Babylon. A lot of people think America's Babylon. And I agree, if, if the New York Stock Exchange crashes and America goes down and goes bankrupt financially, I can see the Islamic world rejoicing. But that doesn't mean New York City is Babylon. Washington, D.C. is not Babylon. Right? Nebuchadnezzar thought he was, or Saddam Hussein thought he was Nebuchadnezzar. And he's rebuilding all that stuff over there. He's making statues. He put his picture next to Nebuchadnezzar's picture. He really thought he was raising up Babylon. A lot of people believe that the Gulf War was all to try to get everybody to go over there to literal Babylon. I think the clue is, in 17 there, it says mystery Babylon. I believe this mysterious woman has a lot of things included into her. A lot of people are trying to lose focus off of Rome. A lot of preachers are trying to lose focus off of Rome. The biggest reason why I don't believe it's Islam, though that Rome could use Islam, is because Jesus Christ has created a church. And he said, upon this rock I will build my church. I think Satan counterfeits Christ in everything. I believe he has a false Christ. I believe he has a bride. And I believe that bride has been out killing God's wife and God's, or Jesus' wife, amen, and bride. And uh, I believe that uh, Satan has counterfeited that thing. And I believe that what the devil's trying to do is trying not to draw attention to her by raising up Islam. But I believe that, that this Catholicism, that the, the Islam, the Buddhist, and all these people are going right under the skirt tails of Rome. 
And I believe she's going to rise up. I believe she's going to use their military might. I believe Barack Obama has created ISIS and helped do all that stuff and funding them, using them to create a Muslim caliphate that's going to come up against Israel, amen, at the start of World War III. And I believe she's going to be laid low. Five out of six people's going to be wiped out. Her blood's going to be upon the mountains of Israel. It's going to take seven months for them to be able to bury the bones. And I believe they'll think their Messiah was here and delivered them. And I believe in the middle of the tribulation, Rome is burnt. Babylon is burnt. And they come and they set up the world headquarters of religion when the temple is built in Jerusalem. Amen. And then God turns around and wipes her out and destroys her along with her king, Apollyon. Amen. Listen, Rome's adopted all this stuff and everybody doesn't want to accept her as being it. Somebody said Cincinnati's a city built on seven heads, but it's a Catholic city. Amen. Or seven hills. But you know what? She's going to get destroyed, and I can't wait. Mark chapter number, 30, number three. Mark chapter number three. You guys are taking it too, too lightly sitting down. Amen. We ought to swing from the chandeliers. I hate it. Listen, I understand... Those women wearing them Halloween costumes. Amen. Those men wearing those black Halloween costumes with their collars turned around backwards are deceived individuals that are lost and need to be saved. I, I have no doubt about that. But I hate the institution that they represent. And I hate the crimes and the sins that they commit. Amen. And uh, I heard the other day about these nuns and their lesbians. And the things that they're trying to push for in their church. I'm telling you, it's just corrupt. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. And all these priests are pedophiles. Most of them are pedophiles. Right? I can't stand all that. I hate it. I despise it. But you know what? Every one of them needs an opportunity to hear the gospel. But they're so close to the gospel as though the Bible, or like people say, you're so close to the trees, you can't see the forest. You understand? You can't see the forest because of the trees. Well, these people can't see Jesus Christ, but yet they're surrounded with relics and statues and about his death and, and uh, crucifixion. They hear about that stuff all the time. They hear about eternal life. They hear about a bunch of things. They even go to the Bible to prove, amen, what they believe, but it's all messed up. And they'll die and they'll go to hell. Surrounded by the truth. Those people need the truth. And to be able to sit down and get them to be able to reason together and look at the scriptures. How did Martin Luther get saved? Why did he get why did he get saved at that point? What led him up to that point? He was sick. He got desitary. He had a bad case of the runs, diarrhea. Amen. And he, he was running to the outhouse. And he was sitting in there while he was sitting in there, had that desitary, he's reading the book of Romans. And he's reading it, as he's reading it, he come across hmm, the just shall live by faith. Hmm, the just shall live by faith. They're telling me I gotta do all things, and the Bible says I gotta live by faith. You understand? He got in a position where he got still and he's meditating on the Word of God and all of a sudden he goes, everything, this thing I'm serving, this, this machine, this church, this religion I'm serving, they're lying to me according to the Scriptures. See, that's why they hate sola scriptura. That's what Martin Luther came up, the Scriptures alone. Get in the book. What's the book say? You know what Rome don't want? They don't want nobody to read that book. You know this King James Bible is forbidden literature by the Roman Catholic Church? Why? Because it will lead you to Jesus Christ. If you want the truth, you bow your head and say, Dear God, show me the truth of this book. Show me what's right and what's wrong. God will do it if you're really honest. 
People don't want to do that. And then there's preachers out there turning, you can't get saved reading the Bible. I'd say you're a nut. Amen. I got a good friend that believes that. He's a nut. Hello? You say, why? Because these were written that you might believe. John 20, 31. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. This book, faith coming by hearing, hearing by the this is the word of God. The scripture saith to Pharaoh, or preaches to Pharaoh. The scriptures preach. The scriptures talk. This thing's alive. Ask Mike Elliott, he'll tell you. Who's Mike Elliott? He's just a hippie boy, lost, Catholic, got saved, sitting on his back porch, reading the Bible. There's a bunch of people read the Bible and get saved. You said, I don't believe it. The Holy Ghost will talk to this book. This is the greatest preacher I know. Amen. Mark chapter number 3. Mark chapter number 3. I get bogged down in this stuff. I can't help myself. Mark chapter number 3. You want to call, call it today and you just want to have recess, we can do it right here on this verse. Well, let's go ahead and go on up through there. Verse 22, Mark 3, 22. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of devils casteth out, or casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house, what? cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. <laughs> Woo! Amen! Satan hath an end. Amen. Satan is going to wind up rising up against his own self because he's so proud, he's so blind, he thinks he's like the Most High. He thinks he can go over the Most High because he hovered over the Most High as an anointed cherub, amen, with pipes and tabrets coming out of him. He's a musical being and he hovered over the throne of God and he said, look at that, I'm higher than God. And he thinks he ought to ascend above God because he already hovered over top of him. You understand? He wants that glory. He wants that fame. And listen, he'll do whatever it comes to, to to get there, but ultimately in the end, he's divided against himself. And he hath an end. Hallelujah. Amen. And the devil that deceived him was cast into a lake of fire. Praise God. Amen. That that excites me. I, I get excited. Brother Nick, there's multiple times I got up preaching. I said, tonight I'm preaching out of sheer hatred. I'm preaching against the devil. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. It'll do you really good to get good and mad at the devil. Maybe if he burnt you really good and burnt you and messed you up really good, maybe you just get a real good hatred for him. I hate what he's done to me. I hate what he's done in my life. I hate what he's doing to others. I hate what he's doing to Christianity. I hate that he's getting people to turn away from that book. I hate that he's deceiving multitude after multitude after multitude. I hate that he's butchering 55 million young people. I hate that he's destroying teenagers. I hate what he's done to our country, America. I hate what he's doing to our churches. I hate what he does to my flesh. I hate what he does in my mind. Listen, I hate him. We ought to hate. Listen, you ought to get a holy hatred for the devil. Amen. You would think some of these kids growing up with dope-headed moms and drunken moms and dads that they would turn around, they'd be so mad at booze that they'd fight it. And instead, they wind up embracing it. Yeah. These kids, they ought to hate smoking, man. Grow up sucking cigarettes. and Listen, my mom smoked so much, me and my sister swore we'd never smoke. Next thing you know, we've come freight trains. You ought to hate that stuff. You ought to hate sin. 
You ought to hate the effects of sin, the results of sin. I understand we're, we're so pious, aren't we? We're so spiritual. You ought to love the sinner. Right? We've got to put our little halo on we got, and act like a little Catholic priest. We've got to love the sinner and hate the sin. <laughs> Listen, oh man, that's so pious. Right? Listen, they don't do that. They don't do either of them. I asked a guy the other day, he's trying to pawn off all the time how spiritual he is. He's a wicked fornicating devil and he wears a halo all the time. He thinks he's somebody. Hello, he's a nice guy, but he's crooked as hell. Itself and the devil that's in hell. You understand me? He is so crooked. And I see right through the guy. And I, he's sitting there talking about, well, it's as long as you believe. I said, I said, really? I said, you show me that in the Bible. How do you know you're saved? Show me. Can you back up what you believe according to the Bible? Where's it at? Well, I don't know. It's in there somewhere. I said, how do you know it's in there somewhere? How do you know somebody didn't twist it? There's 500 different denominations out there. How do you know you got the right one? How do you know? Show me the scriptures. Can you back it up what you say you believe in the Bible? No, How do you know you got the right thing? Well, somebody told me. How do you know they're right? Hello? Amen. I had a man try to tell me that he got saved because some guy touched him in the forehead. Amen. And he got knocked out. Hit the ground. Came back wearing a hat. Something about the spirit. Catch the spirit. And he went down there to Clownsville Revival. Amen. That Dr. Ruttman wrote about. And he went down there and the guy just went, and he went out, knocked out. And then he said he got born again because that guy did that. Raised in a Christian home. 25 years old. Went through a Christian school. And I said, could you tell me the gospel? He couldn't tell me where the gospel was in the Bible or what the gospel was. And I said, you don't even know where the gospel's at. You don't even know what the gospel is. And you're telling me you're going to go to heaven? How do you know? It ought to motivate people. ought to stir people up. Listen, the devil deceives people left and right. That ought to infuriate us. You know why people don't want to do that? Can I tell you why they won't do that? Do you know why? Why won't they? I done lost y'all, didn't I? Huh? Why won't they do that? Number one, they're proud. Because they can't show them themselves. And they don't want to admit to nobody. They'll appear ignorant and stupid in front of somebody if they can't show somebody the scripture. Well, I don't know. Why don't you know? Why don't you want to know? Why ain't you studying to know? The greatest thing in your life ever happened to you, you got saved, got born again, and you can't relate that and translate that to somebody else. Listen, we ought to be able to know. God, show me, open up this book. Teach me. I want to teach people. I want to show them. I want all the world to know. You understand what I'm saying? And these people don't want to know, and they're going on in ignorance and in darkness and blindness, and they're groping along trying to find the truth, hoping they got the truth. Maybe, hope so, possibility could be, perhaps, I don't know. And they die. And all it is is, I don't know. It's all full of question marks. And we got the truth and we can show them. And when you open up the Word of God to people to show them, they turn. They run from it. Why do they run from that book? Maybe they got something to hide. But it's our responsibility to open up that book. Hey, man, would you look right here? You can know right here, right here, right here. You can know. I oh, know. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I don't want to know. You got something wrong, man. That's demonic. Yeah. 
Listen, you ought to be able to know. You ought to be able to show. You ought to be able to glow. People don't want it. They're afraid of this thing. Why? They're not right with God or something. Listen, Satan's got an end, and he don't want him to know this truth. He don't want him to know the Word of God. I want him to know the Word of God. I want to be able to show it to him. And they run like lightning. You say you're saved? You say you're born again? You say you're washed in the blood? How about if I just come in and we have fellowship then around my Savior? How about if we just open up the Word of God and just talk about the book? Well, no, sir, I... I gotta shut the door. You can get off my porch, hey man. I got I gotta go. Well, you you say you're my brother. Let's fellowship. There's so many people out there to say they're saved, but they don't want to talk to me about Jesus. There's so many people out there to say they're saved, they don't want to talk to us about His book. There's so many people to say they're saved and going to heaven, but they don't want to celebrate and and fellowship with another brother. Amen. There's people that I work with that claim they're saved, born again, and I got scriptures up and everything. They don't want to come talk with me and fellowship with me. We can't have an ounce of fellowship around the Word of God, but yet they say they're saved. Huh. I wonder what side of the fence they're on. I wonder who they're working for. All right, with that in mind, let's go to John, or Matthew 12, and I'll finish. Oh, we won't finish because I don't have the verse. Jesus said, if you gather not with me, you what? You scatter. For some reason I can't find that. It skips right there. Verse 30. He that is not with me is against me. He that gathers not with me, what? Scattereth abroad. Isn't that? People sit back and think, well, I'll just be neutral. <laughs> right there, Jesus showed you you can't be neutral. You either gathering for the Savior or you're scattering. And if you're doing nothing, you're what? Well, uh, uh, yeah, you just scatter. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. Thank you that Satan's got an end.